Okay, everyone, welcome, welcome to another one of our shows. And what a special day we have, because we have a very special guest with us today, who is also going to be very similar to last week, last time guest, talking about travel, traveling the world. One of the greatest hobby and greatest desire to see the world. And our special guest has def definitely, definitely done that. He's seen the whole world. So just want to welcome you all to Yes You Can. I'm Trevor Jeremiah Carter, and I'm here to be your host today with our wonderful guest, Donald Mira. And he will be sharing with us a very exciting, interesting topic for most people who are loving to see the world. Now, before we bring our guest on, uh, we're going to explain to you some of the things that you can do to be part of this adventure to be a guest on my show. Now, if you'd like to be a guest, you have a service or a hobby or a story that can change the lives of the people worldwide. You can simply email me at info at livingyourgoodlife.co.uk. That's info at livingyourgoodlife.co.uk. So please, if you are out there anywhere in the world and you have a story, a hobby, or something you can share that gets people out of the comfort zone, this is worthwhile, the opportunity and a platform for you to come forward. So at this moment in time, now we're going to bring into my guests and we're going to start rock and roll with this wonderful guest we have on now. So uh, welcome to the show, Dana. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity and the privilege. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, it's going to be very exciting today, Dana, because... Uh, You've traveled so many places, and I'm sure most of our listeners can relate to some of the places that they've not been to that you're able to share. I will call the artificial way of traveling. It's a beautiful art, and there's so much impact you can have in people's lives. So, Donald, um, what did you say for the sake of the listeners? Introduce yourself, who you are, and where you're based. Well, my name is Don Muir, as you said. Um, I've been an international photojournalist for almost 20 years. Um, I'm currently living in San Diego, California. Um, good climate. I'm also very close to LAX without having to live in LA. So that allows me to do international travel fairly easily. <clears throat> I'm sorry, there. The, it's allergy <laughs> season here. So uh, I might yeah. cough a few <laughs> times during the show. I apologize. No I, um, I really kind of fell into travel more out of a, just a natural curiosity. As a kid, I would I would just go on trips and explore. And I, I have a natural desire to understand why people do what they do. Why would somebody file their teeth down? Or why would someone scarify their back? Why would someone eat that particular food over others? Um, why do they do what they do? And I think that really aided in my photojournalism career. Uh, I mainly focused on social issues, um, orphan children, women's rights, uh, displaced people, uh, marginalization of different communities or cultures, mainly because I, I thought of myself as this is my contribution to our, our earth and our species. And uh, that's kind of what got me into it. And it just, it really, I really feel very blessed. It didn't have to work out this way for me. I was able to travel the world in a lot of ways on my own terms to an extent and at a pace that was far more suiting, suiting. And ironically enough, I've been traveling so long, I've seen the big picture of, of how it's evolved. And uh, that's why I started the Travelers Art Podcast was to help people that 
have been longtime travelers and are kind of lost on what to do and travelers that are new to travel, like how do you travel? And it really is a, uh, an art form, a craft to do it properly in a way that, well, what I feel is important is that it enriches your life. It doesn't entertain you. Mm. So the interesting thing is you started to see this from a very young age. And at that young age, kids have a great dream and desire. They see it and they go for it. Um, what was the real edge for you to see what you wanted to do, what you have done to travel the world? What motivated you? Was it people around you or was it the TV or was it the idea that people had an interest in traveling? You sat down as a young person and really heard the countries that they've been to. Tell us a little bit more about around that area from a young age. Well, when I was younger, um, my grandmother gave me National Geographic as a annual Christmas present. And there were three things that I was absolutely enamored by. And that were, that basically was uh, like extinct cultures, like say the Aztecs or the Etruscans or the, um, the Polynesian great sailors. And, and then kind of challenging adventure, the climbing. National Geographic used to sponsor a lot of, of high altitude climbing and, and remote climbing. And I, I think those two things to me were just really fascinating. And then just about anything underwater. I was a big fan as a kid of Jacques Cousteau. Um, and at a young age, I just was, it, it gave me a break from my life as a young kid. And I could read the stories about the Aztec cultures and their, the maps would come out. And for me, maps are... I'm a fat man with a pizza. I just mm -hmm. can't put them down. I love maps. And so I think at a young age, it was a way for me and my imagination to say, God, what was it like to be in the Aztecs? What was it like to be with the Maori? Mm -hmm. And what was happening then? And I think for me, it, it as a young child, and as I got into my teen and my early 20s, I just was like, it, I could, it was effortless. I just couldn't get enough. I was like, yeah, that's interesting. Let's read about this. Why not? Mm -hmm. And and I think it's interesting too, because you know, uh, cultures are diminishing at a rapid rate. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, sadly, I think that that's unfortunate. I actually did a podcast about the diminishment of culture. And uh, I cited Wade Davis, if anybody has ever seen him speak on the TED conference. He's an incredible author and just a, an incredible speaker. And he has two TED Talks that are great. I really recommend anybody that's interested in travel because travel is really about the people you meet along the way and not monuments. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so travel... When you talk about travel, um, young people at that time, it, did you realize that you were kind of different from every other young person? If you sat down with a group of young people your age, they were talking about many different things young people want to do. But were you, would you say you were different from every other child because of the ideas and things of how you saw travel, the art of travel, going to different countries? Did you kind of fit in with other young people? Did they realize you were totally different? I, I was definitely um, an outlier, for sure. Uh, for a multitude of reasons, um, you can't see it, but I'm actually a very large person. I'm like I'm 210 kilos. I'm no 110 kilos. God, if I were 210, I'd fill the frame up, you know. Right. Uh, I'm a big guy, and uh, um, and so I'm always kind of been an outlier in some ways. I think my I was a bit of an introvert. I didn't necessarily. I, I like being social, but I didn't really in 
engage in that standard narrative of social behavior as a child. I really, especially in my teen years, I was really focused on, on where I would go next on my next adventure, be it a surf trip or a dive trip or a canoeing trip. It was just adventure. And then along the way, it was really interesting who I met. And that became right. a key factor, I think, in what authentic travel is. Um, and as a kid, I, I definitely, I ended up getting some close friends. We did similar adventures. You know, we would go to the Florida Keys in the United States and go around different islands. Or when we went on a sailing trip, we were in the Bahamas. And so it just, it just didn't matter. I was up for just about anything. Right, right. So am I correct to say then, so you saw travel in a different limelight than most people at that time would see travel. You saw it more like an art kind uh, of thing. Am I right yeah, to say that? I, I, absolutely, Trevor. That's 100% right. And I think there was a major turning point where I had a, a, a cognition. Mm. At that time, uh, the Disney Corporation had just opened uh, a thing called uh, the Epcot Center. And this mm. was like the desire for Disney's product line and corporation to change less into like six flags, like loud and screaming and be more cultural. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget, we walked along this, I was a teenager at the time, we walked along this, like, it was almost like a, a waterfront. And it was, you could walk from like the German area to the French area. And I thought, this is a German person, you know, handing out food, or this is a French person mm -hmm. speaking French. And it's, and I realized, this is fake. This is not real. Right. And why was it not real? Well, none of it's real except they act person. Everything else is fabricated. Mm. It's not the authentic story. And the reason what I realized was I was much more interested in knowing about a French bakery um, attendant. Like, where are you from in France? And why did you want to come to America to do this? Or why mm. did you leave Germany to come here? And to, to this is kind of like a performance. Right. And I realized, no, being mm. entertained while I'm traveling is okay, but that's not the, that's not what it means to travel. Okay. Mm. Because there are things that we pick up as a, as an animal, like the smell, right? I did a podcast on the smell of a German cobblestone street when it rained on a hot summer day. Like there's an odor. You can't get away from that. The right. sound of the cicadas in Cambodia, in Angkor Wat. Like you can't see that. Ignore that. Like, yeah. It's like, it's part of you. And I think yeah. that's who we are. Right. And so that cathartic moment really focused my attentiveness on authenticity. Like what's real. And here's why. When it's real, it has sustainability and longevity. When it's right. artificial, it doesn't. Right. Okay. And so, you know, there's a big difference between watching a documentary film about the Serengeti and being there on a hot mm -hmm. day when a, when a, a monsoon comes through, because there's no visual like experience. It's a visceral, it's in yourself. That's travel. Right. That's right. travel. Right. And well, I think the, the interesting thing here, I can relate to what you're saying because I'm a traveler myself. And mm -hmm. You do things in different perspective-wise. You know, I can say you looked at it not from a tourist perspective, but an explorer perspective when you went around. You saw more of what traveling was all about, the language of travel, 
the countries that you visit, the culture, it gave you a total different aspect from what you learn in the education system. Absolutely. So, so you became a journey of the unknown, but you found it when you traveled. So this is powerful because that becomes like people have a hobby of arts, they draw their design, that's arts. Travel is a little bit like that to you, is that right? Absolutely, and here's why. Reality, what I know to be reality, what you know to be reality, and everybody watching this show, what we know to be reality is actually defined by experience because mm. you can't know what you don't know. Yeah. So essentially, the breadth of your experience defines the breadth of your reality. So the more experiences you ha have where you are in cognition, where you're aware of what's happening, you're fully present, that changes your reality. Right. Now, to see in dimensions, we have binocular vision, two eyes, and we see shades of gray that create distance. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to present to you and the listeners about mental, in other words, thinking in dimensions. Mm -hmm. Thinking in dimensions requires contrast, a distance, a perspective. You right. can't have perspective without thinking in dimensions. Mm. Or a better way to say that is you can't think with a sense of perspective without thinking in terms of dimensions. And I, I will say this is a very good example. Um, now, I wasn't, on a side note, I was not born in America. I was actually born in Germany with mm -hmm. a Scottish mother and an Italian father. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I've never felt very connected to any particular culture. Like mm -hmm. I, I lived in San Diego a long time, but I wouldn't call that home. It's just where I happen to sleep, you know? Right. So <laughs> to give perspective, if in the United States, lunch is considered a required activity in a, a traditional workplace. Well, if you've never had like a, a three hour lunch in Italy or Spain or France, you don't know what that's like. But when you do, you realize, hey, you know what? This is a good thing. This right. is a good thing. A long lunch, no rush. You might have one glass of wine with a great meal. I might finish off an espresso. And I discuss multiple topics, usually having nothing to do with buying or owning anything. We discuss mm. politics, we discuss clothing, we discuss this trip. That, without that experience, I just assumed that that standard 30 minute or one hour lunch in the United States, that's how lunch is. Well, now yeah. that I've had that experience, I, in my perspective has changed. Change. Right. Right. And so the power of travel is that you ultimately create a bigger reality and a bigger world. Mm -hmm. And ultimately wisdom, and happiness is derived from our ability to have the confluence of opposing ideas and coming to a greater understanding of truth. Right, right. Now that's what makes traveling inspiring to you because you're seeing it from a different lens and you're experiencing it. It's almost like you're tasting something bitter, but it tastes good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if I can put yeah. it that way, yeah? In that kind of way, if, you, if, you think, if I can relate well, to you, that. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I've had some incredible meals on the road and I've had some horrid ones that are so not forgettable. I mean, it's right. horrible. Right. So right. in short, I think that the, the art of travel as a, or travel as an art form is a skill that we hone and develop in a gentle way. And we just go to experience our life. Mm. You, there's a great saying I, I've been 
when I mentor people on traveling and I'm like, just listen, if you rush, you're going to risk everything. You're going to risk your experience, you might risk your safety. You're going to risk wasting all your money. I mean, travel is a Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we have got my guest is frozen at the moment. So hopefully for a while, he'll be coming straight back. So what I will do, I'll play a quick commercial break. And uh, hopefully when he comes back, we should be able to get our guests back onto the show. So hold tight. Hi, you are back. I am back. Yes, you're back. Uh, there were some technical issues there, but guess what? You're back. Um, so, no problem. I, yeah. The fact we can do this, Trevor, is still absolutely amazing to me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, ladies and gentlemen, we do have Donald Mirror with us. He's talking about his experience of travel. I would call it the art of travel from a different perspective, from traveling perspectives as a tourist different from somebody who's exploring and Donald has done that and he's sharing with us a very powerful story on how things can make things perspective different being an adventure person like Donald. So Donald you covered quite some really deep close to your heart and memories of your child growing up and being involved into traveling and you're seeing things a little different. So just to take us a little further how, when was the beginning of your journey of traveling? When did that begin? And what country did you say you would say you went to? And why? Okay, I think it was frozen again. That's our second time of pickups there, but we are back. Are you? <laughs> I've been testing uh, during this break. I did test uh, my internet speed and, and I'm good on my end. All right. Okay. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. So obviously we can carry on with the show and just to let everybody know who's just coming in. So welcome to the show. This is Trevor Jeremiah Carter, your host for today, speaking to Donald Muir, who's been on an adventure of traveling the world and he's here to share with you great things about travel and what you can experience. And um, we will be opening the floor very soon for questions. So please do sit tight and get ready for your questions. Uh, Donald, hopefully without the technical issues again, um, we can celebrate on your success of actually fulfilling your dream and desire of traveling the world. So obviously you started off from a young age, you saw things different and perspective, but you still held on to that dream. So tell us a little bit about the, the moving on when you got older, when was the beginning of your travel? And which country did you go to and why? Well, probably, I mean, that's a good question. No one's ever asked me that, so thank you. <laughs> um, my, first, uh, my first trips were, were in the Caribbean as, a, as an early adult, um, the, because it was so close. I, I was living in Florida at the time. Uh, and shortly thereafter, I was off to Europe through the Mediterranean areas. and. I think that for me, uh, I went on a few kind of organized trips and I did not like that at all. I did mm -hmm. not like being chaperoned and herded and pushed around. And I, I started working really hard on developing and curating my own trips fairly early on in the process. And 
I mean, this is, you know, the internet hadn't really hit at this time. So everything was like Lonely, Lonely Planet. Uh, you would read the book. And I mean, honestly, I still have the original, it's 21 years old now, the Cambodian guidebook still. And the amount of historical and anthropological data in that book, it's, it's incredible. Mm. And so I realized that I was one, I didn't want to go for two weeks, which is the standard American thing. And I didn't want someone to tell me where to go and what to do. I'm open for suggestions, but I'm going to figure out how to get around. I'm going to figure out what I'm going to do. Mm. And that started this process of building what I just called the outline. And I've shared this with hundreds of people about curating your own trip. If you don't know how you don't know how. So I, I, through trial and error, I discovered how it worked. That type of planning of curating my own trip also allowed me to really excel in the world of photojournalism, because now I could say, I'm going to the Ukraine to photograph orphan children. Okay. And then I just go through this checklist. In an afternoon, I basically had built out my entire Ukrainian photo plan. And then all I had to do is develop my shot list, which was usually, um, it was the same shot list. And I would write it using permanent marker on the palm of my hand. So mm. as I was shooting, I would be able to just look at my palm of my hand and go, oh yeah, I need to, I need to make sure I do that. Cause it's easy. We forget, you know, checklists save us a lot of time. Right. I think that each, each time, each trip was different. Everything, nothing was the same. I never stayed in posh hotels. I have stayed in posh hotels, but it wasn't when I'm traveling. No, not interested. I'd rather go to a really nice restaurant or do something really rare like a balloon trip in Kenya or in Burma, or do that kayaking trip in Chile and stay at a place that's not so great because I don't, travel is not sitting in a hotel room. Right. Travel is, is experiencing it. And, and the man who started Patagonia clothing, Yvonne Chouinard, he said this, and I, I, when I heard this, I was like, absolutely. Uh, it's not an adventure until something goes wrong. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and as a traveler versus a tourist, things go wrong all the time, all the time. Oh, the train didn't show up. Got on the wrong train. That's happened to me. Went the wrong way. That's happened to me. Right. You know, missed the train. That's happened to me. Um, wrong bus. Oh, I'm, I don't want your bus to get on. They all leave. And now I don't have a bus. Now I got to find a place to sleep. I mean, but that's when the coolest things happen when things don't work out. Now, mm -hmm. I wouldn't say put yourself in harm's way or get hurt. That's not what I'm getting at. What I'm suggesting though, is that planning your own trip, curating your own trip based on your interest, your itinerary, your time, your budget, and, and then just going and doing it on your own. There's something that is transformative. There's a confidence that we build in ourselves. There's a feeling mm -hmm. and a rush that we get from knowing this trip was amazing and that we had been the catalyst behind it. Everything now has value. And more importantly, I, if I curate my own trip, and I'm accountable to the outcome. Wow. Now, the interesting thing about traveling is that um, there's so much to explore that is endless when you add adventure. There's too much mm. to explore that is way beyond the text of a book. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, no. in a library, you just can't find enough information when you're out there traveling. So before we go any further, um, we're going to have a quick commercial break, and we're definitely going to be coming back to continue with our wonderful guest, Dano, who's sharing into deep thoughts and ideas that you can be looking into on when you're making your preparation to travel the world. So we're gonna have a quick break and we shall be back.
Antoine Thompson or Coach T, has coached and mentored young men and women in the USA, helping to improve athletic skills, confidence, resiliency, life skills experiences and focus for over 30 years. Nothing brings him more satisfaction than seeing the heart, determination and commitment of young people. Antoine is a passionate individual who loves to see the next generation of leaders be completely prepared for success. The challenges young people face in today's society are unprecedented. The ever-changing curriculums in schools do not consistently address the personal growth and development that is vital to their success. Join us on Monday, 16th August at 7.30 p.m. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Trevor, you're my coffee back. Yes, you can. And up to join us on the next guest, again from USA, to talk about his passion working with young people for over 30 years. So please do join us on that day, the 16th of August at 7.30. Donald, travel, young child, dream, vision. You lived it. You've experienced it. You traveled. You loved it. <laughs> yes. I don't know how many more words I can get in there. But it just <laughs> gives you an idea of how great the traveling experience has changed your life. How much would you say the traveling experience has changed your life? What kind of things has it changed you as an individual? Well, it's probably changed my perspective on values. It also has really shed me of becoming ethnocentristic and operating from self-reference criteria and, and echo chambers. Um, <clears throat> I've seen things that, that enlighten me of what historically I thought was true. And when I'd actually been there, I'm like, wow, that's not really that true. I mean, it sounded great back then, but the truth is right now. And good example of that is I was in a very remote part of the Ukraine, a place called Donetsk. And it used to be the center of like Soviet industry. Mm -hmm. There's nothing there now. You know, it's like really changed. Um, <clears throat> but in, in its transformative qualities are derived because I decided that the best way to curate a trip or do your own trip is to figure out number one, what are you actually interested in? Like, are you interested in food? Because if you're a foodie, then, then okay, we start there. So all of your adventure, like uh, adrenaline trips, they don't have value to you because you're focused on food. And having a focus is not limiting. It's actually empowering, right? Mm -hmm. The power of limits, right? The Grand Canyon, the reason why the Colorado is so amazing is the control of the Grand Canyon's walls. That's what makes it. So these this, this harmony of, of, uh, of balance is key. And so- when you find out what you're really interested in, like food or archaeology or ruins or performance, like I knew someone that was on a trip and they were actually going through Africa just to experience journal and document dance, mm. whatever it is, maybe it's modern, maybe it's old or what have you. That's their focus. So if you find out what your focus is, that changes everything. So the trip I did to New Zealand, I was like, I'm going to go snowboarding. You know, it's, it's August in the United States. It's snowboarding season in New Zealand. Little did I know that just going there to snowboard would open my eyes up to an incredible way of living, you know, because the South Island of New Zealand is really far south. There's yes. penguins on the southern part of the island, for crying out loud. Mm -hmm. Well, I also got introduced into Maori culture and, and an entire ecosystem of plants and animals that I'd never seen. So the one thing I was looking to do was the catalyst that I was focusing on. And between those times, 
I also got these added benefits. And so I think that's the advantage of curating your own trip. Getting away from bucket lists, I, I am staunchly very opposed to that because I think it disempowers us from being present in the moment. We're just sitting here ticking boxes off. And mm. There's no bonus points for that, right? Mm. I mean, the right. best things that have happened traveling have been random, things I couldn't control. I just put myself in that place. Right. Um, a good one, a good story behind that. And I hope I have time. If I don't, I can stop. Um, but in, in essence, uh, I, I, <laughs> I missed the last train at the train station and it was in, the, in an industrial area south of the eastern coast of Italy called Rimini. And I was stuck. Mm. 1130 at night, I'm stuck. And I look on the listing on the train station and it says the next train's at 530. And I'm like, got it, six hours. So right. I ended up climbing up to the, it was a, a very small little train station with a sheet of cardboard and my towel that I had from the beach. And I slept on the sheet of cardboard on the roof of the, of the train station to be safe, right? Now, right. this all sounds horrible. What's the point? Well, when I came down, the sun was just starting to rise and there was this man with a cane walking up in very kind of traditional Italian looking clothes. And he, and he sat down and he sat like right next to me which I was like, what are you doing sitting next to me, right? And he goes, right. at the time I spoke a little bit of Italian and mm -hmm. I said, I don't speak much Italian. He goes, oh, I speak English. I was like, oh, wow. Long story short, he had been a kid and had seen Mussolini speak to the crowd. Okay. So his stories about the fascists of Italy, about after World War II, how poor Italy was, mm. were fascinating. That never, I never would have met that man, never would have gotten that wisdom. I could, never would have shared this with you and how it expanded my consciousness and how your consciousness is becoming expanded through my story if I had made that train. Yeah. So accidents create the magic we're seeking. And that's the difference between a traveler and a tourist. Right, right. Now, Donna, what's interesting about this is that I had a couple um, from USA, they're in Mexico, wonderful couple, and they look so young. Oh my goodness, you won't believe how young they look. And they traveled and they just picked up themselves and just sold their house and took their kids and they were off. Never lived in the United States before. The biggest turnaround for them was where you were originally from and when you travel, it's two different worlds. When you're outside US, you're in a bubble and you realize, oh, okay, what am I looking at is not what I hear on news or TV. Right. So there's a total transformation there based on where you're based and the traveling. It was powerful. And this is what I love about people traveling, especially those from US, because US is big enough to go around. You don't need to go nowhere else. You just go to Florida or California or wherever it may be. But when you're out of the country, the story changed, the narrative changed, and it was so powerful. And they said they're not going back. <laughs> they just right, made their right. decision that traveling with their children, that's it, they've gone. For you, Donald, and I know I've been to US and a lot of Americans do not leave US. They only hear the history of, of a country, but experience it, it's way out of their book. But for you, Donald, when you begin to traveling, what narrative came to you that shocked you or things that made you more aware of compared to what you were hearing? I think um, 
the every time I've left the United States, I have run into really interesting people and I've always things have always changed for me, right? Always. And so I some of the biggest behavioral changes or or consciousness changes would have to be some of my trips to, well, definitely to the Middle East, definitely to South America. And and Asia is so different. I'm a big fan of Southeast Asia. I've lived there. Um, mm -hmm. And so it's just, there's just such a difference. And again, that, you know, just like how polite the Japanese are mm -hmm. and how they move in life effortlessly. Mm -hmm. the, the, the family generosity being um, shared with people in Latin America, it, it's just, it's amazing, you know? I tell you, I, I, on my podcast, I have a, a little nine minute um, um, monologue, basically like a little story about why I decided to do the podcast, the traveler's art, you know, and it really is to be of service to anybody that's interested in doing their own trip and expanding their world. Because, you know, if you leave London or um, Edinburgh and you go down to the Philippines, <laughs> There's nothing the same <laughs> if you leave, yeah. you know, I mean, there's nothing and that's good, right? Mm. The more uncomfortable you're willing to be, the more dynamic and dimensional your life will become. Mm -hmm. Right. Now, this is what makes, I can understand now why you continue to do what you're doing from a child, you start to travel, you go to different countries and you met some Extraordinary people who are just living their everyday life and sharing their stories, like the guy from the World War One and World War Two. We never get that in a book unless somebody gives you the book and tell you a life of a country. So here's the thing, uh, Donald. And I'm, uh, you have to correct me here. I believe you traveled 68 countries. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. Now then, how did that happen, and why was it so 68? Well, it, it was a natural evolution. I had been doing a lot of work as a photojournalist. And what I decided to do was on my assignments, well, sometimes I would pitch an idea to a given news agency. And I would say, well, I'm going to go to the former Eastern Bloc countries of the Soviet Union. So places like Belarus and the Ukraine and um, uh, similar right, places like that. And then, of course, I went to, so I decided to stack all of these countries on the trip, because the most expensive part of travel is your airline ticket, provided you're not staying, you know, in Monaco at some hotel, which is, you know, whatever that is at 500 pounds a night. Yeah. Um, uh, so if I already have my flight to get there, then being there is fairly inexpensive. So my budget had what's called elasticity. I could extend my stay. So mm -hmm. I also would say, well, you know, I'm going to be making this amount of money. So if I actually don't have a residence or don't have a domicile back in, at home, I have to find when I get back, that means I've got that much more money per month to, to continue. And so I would just stay an extra month and I would go on and on and just stack trips on top of each other because I was already in the moment. I was in that groove, so mm. to speak. Right. Um, and so what would be normally a three country or one country assignment would end up being like eight or nine. Right. Even if I went through, say, a portion of of uh, the country of Georgia, maybe I just go to the, the border town, 
you know, but you can learn a lot in a short period of time if you're, if you're slowing down. That's another difference between a tourist and a traveler. Tourists have very, very structured itineraries, timelines. We've got to be here, got to be there. Mm. Travelers don't. They're like, mm. today, we're going to go and see the aqueduct of, of uh, Western Roman territory. That's it. That's all we're going to do. And then along the way, we do these other things. Does that make right. sense? Right, right. So when you travel to these countries, did you, what would a period of time in each country? Because 68 is a lot. And I can't imagine, well, I can't imagine you spending more than what? Two, three months in each of those countries with a quick one country to another country for a week or two. How did it actually work? So here's what it would what would happen is um, sometimes I might spend a month in a country. And right. during that month, I might take a, a trip over to another one. So I spent like six weeks in Thailand. And then I just mm. I jumped over to uh, Cambodia for a week. I'd already mm. been to Cambodia, so I went there. Same thing goes when I was in Cambodia. I did a two-week trip over to Laos. Not right. rushing, just taking my time, just no big deal. And that's the other factor too. And I think people tend to forget this. If you go slow, you're going to get a lot out of however much time you're going to be there. Okay. I personally believe that less is more. So go to less places on a given trip and just be in the places you're in. Now uh, I was fortunate, you know, I did like almost a year on the road. So I was just going on and on. And I would just say, why would I, why do I want to go there? Not that it's cool, you know, no Instagram, none of that. I don't do any of that. There's, it's a distraction from, from being in the here and the now, you know, mm-hmm. nobody's going to come to the end of their life and say, damn, I really right. wish I got more screen time. You know, they don't do that. They right. wish they had been outside and they wish they had spent more time with people meeting new people. Mm-hmm. And, um, so that's, to answer your question, a lot of it would be, I'd be in a primary location and I might do a one-week trip or a two-week trip to a given country that's on the border. Or in some cases, it's a quick flight, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I basically went through cent- all of Central and South America over a number of months. And sometimes mm-hmm. I'd spend more time in a given country because I liked it there. And sometimes mm-hmm. I wouldn't spend a lot of time in a country because I'm like, you know, this kind of doesn't really groove for me. You know, I'm right. like not, not feeling it here. I'm going to bounce. I'm going to go over to Chile. You know, oh, I really love Bolivia. I'm just right. going to spend some more time in Bolivia. I went uh, to Paraguay, Uruguay. No, not going to go there. Just forget it. And then I ended up going to Uruguay for like three days and went, yeah, I was right. And I just left. So right. that's, and the, I honestly, I've traveled more than some and less than others. Mm. And I don't say, you know, I have, I put, 68 countries down because that it, it gives a sense of legitimacy when I'm talking about it. But quite frankly, I yeah. don't care. And I don't yeah. say, any, don't, don't become a passport stamp collector. That's ridiculous. Don't do push pins in maps because no one cares, you know, keep that inside and change who you are and your behavior. Mm. I think that's far more important. Right. 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 Well, Donald, I think this is what makes this, your story. So uh, impactful and colorful because you've experienced so much and as you can imagine you're probably writing your experiences everywhere you go that end up to be a book I believe or more than a book so now at the present moment where you are now what is your next step um, before we wrap up what's your next step and what is your intentions with all that experience 
are you writing a book? Are you doing conference calls where you can encourage other people to who want to travel, but teach them how to explore and learn more? What's your main plan? Well, thanks for asking, because uh, that's kind of why I started the Traveler's Art podcast, was to inspire people in a way where I could reach them as easy as possible. And, you know, there's basically two different types of stories in the podcast. There's these coffee where it's like a fireside chat. And then there's a legitimate story that I immerse you in this experience. Mm -hmm. All of these have kind of an ethos at the end that fulfill the art aspect of travel and and techniques and the craft. For me, I really want to get back to Southeast Asia and spend more time there. And I'd like to do more diving because diving is a really important part of my life right now. And it's very Mm. therapeutic and, Mm. and do more of the South Pacific, the Southeast Asia, uh, spend more time, get back to Australia, uh, visit New Zealand again, and explore all these little areas and dive in the Philippines and get out to the South Pacific as I'd said. And, and in the end, I'm looking for more and more remote places to go that are more Mm. difficult to get to that no one's going to, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and um, I'm keeping those to myself <laughs> because, <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it, you know, but yeah, I, I tell this story. In 1999, I went to Angkor Wat in Cambodia, the famous temples and that were ruins, right? No one was going there. There was no one there. It was empty. I mean, I, I walked around Angkor Thom by myself. Okay. So when I first came there, um, I hired this guy uh, and he was my little moped, uh, like scooter driver. Mm-hmm. And so I'll never forget as we're going down the entrance road, which is fairly pr- a primitive road. The cicadas were so loud, they were deafening and the trees had these trunks that were massive. Right. And then we go by half a dozen elephants carrying things from mm-hmm. lumber to to grass and they're on the road i'm Mm. like wow and then we go and see i see the first temple and i i just started crying i was uh, how could how could a single person come up with this idea and then get hundreds of people to help make this thing that is just Mm. beautiful Mm. fast Mm. forward i went back to cambodia to angkor wat in 2016 and i cried again but not because of what I saw from the ruins and the elephants and the cicadas and the trees. Mm. It was this dissension of human beings wearing colored shirts, following a colored flag, taking selfies. Ruins that I walked alone were crowded with people with selfie sticks posing and posturing. And sadly, I, I was just decimated. I, I, I left, I finished my trip early because right. I realized that none of these people were going to get it. Right. And that, along with another, that trip along three years later, when I went to Havana, Cuba, and another few other parts of Cuba, right. I started this, this idea of the traveler's art, mm. where people just don't know what they don't know. So if I have all these experiences traveling, Trevor, and that ex- expands my consciousness, great. But I've also had the skill of how to travel that way. Mm. And I thought, wait a minute. The reason right. I have these experiences, I have these skills. I need to share these skills, right. not for right. self-aggrandizement, but to be of service, to share. Mm. I got lucky. I want to. I want to spread the wealth. Right, right. Well, I can tell, uh, Donnie, you've got the travel book, 
<laughs> and it's very difficult to experience that and not say to yourself that I want to travel again. Um, because it's different to myself. Would you experience that like you have? It's very hard to keep quiet. <laughs> it's very hard to sit still and say, I'm not going to go here or I'm not going to go there again. So, but with you, Donald, um, I believe you have a podcast. And uh, would you like to let us know more about your podcast? And if you have a book, uh, would you let our listeners know what your book is and if that's out on sale right now? Uh, there is a book. It's called, by the same title of the podcast, The Traveler's Art. Um, and that book's very short. It has not gone to print yet. I'm still kind of strategizing with a publisher. It's mm -hmm. very small. You can probably read it in half an hour. And I did that on purpose. You know, people's attention spans today are pretty short. Mm -hmm. um, but the real vessel is, is the podcast by the mm -hmm. same name, The Traveler's Art. It's everywhere you get your podcast. It's been syndicated worldwide. And yeah. uh, we have, I guess, like 23 episodes up at this point. Um, mm -hmm. They're under all of them, but one is under 30 minutes. So it's great to listen to. So mm -hmm. you can listen to it uh, if you're on the tube uh, or if you're in your car and they're immersive and they have sound effects and music and you really take this journey. It's like going on a virtual trip. And, mm -hmm. um, right. and they're very difficult to make. They take a long time of, of uh, creative process because I want to keep it under 30 minutes right? Uh, to keep everyone's attention so they can digest it. Or you can be like my friend who I've known since I was in middle school. He just binged on them for nine hours. Right. Just listen to them all on a trip to New Mexico to see the White Sands, New Mexico. He lives in Los Angeles. He, he said, I, I listened to them all on the way there. And then I listened to them all again on the way back. Yeah. It's just like the time flew by and I felt like I was there. So, um, right. yeah, that's, so, that's, uh, so do you have a website? Do you have I do. The, the, I have, again, everything's by the same name, thetravelersart.com. That's a website where you can find the podcast listings and explanations and some of the hyperlinks. And there's also a, um, a, a few list of products that are really great to have when you travel. I've traveled very light and um, there is a social media, but it's not very active. I'm really on the verge of disengaging from a social media platform for a number of reasons. Right. Um, right. You know, right. Uh, and I think that I, I, my opinion is at this point, most of the social media platforms utility has been divorced from the human being. And we're, I just feel somewhat exploited by it. Right, so, right. Um, especially after Tristan Harris's movie came out, The Social Dilemma, and mm -hmm. um, and then his follow-on podcast, which is called Your Undivided Attention, really, right. really has changed the way that I, I work. And then I think in terms of my own, um, when I travel, uh, I don't, my phone's in my backpack and it's off. Mm -hmm. I'm never taking photos. I take photos with a legitimate camera, which is far better than your cell phone, right? right? Even if I'm just doing like little point and shoot with my Sony on a snapshot or something, I just find interesting, right? Mm -hmm. If I'm on a formal assignment, then of course I'm bringing like, geez, like 13 kilos with a camera gear. Um, but the website, the Traveler's Art, there's a place where you can get a few products if, you're, if you like the stories behind them. And, and that's interesting to read. But the mm -hmm. podcast is really where I, I think people will get a lot of value. And I mm -hmm. love hearing from people. So anybody that's seeing your podcast, they can reach out to me very easily. 
thetravelersart at gmail.com. I answer every email and I love voice messages and feedback about what I'm trying to do because I've already had these experiences. Right. I have them. Mm -hmm. I'm here to give. So mm -hmm. however I can give more effectively and communicate more effectively, I'm, I'm a willing student and I have open ears. Right. Well, Donald, what can I say? It's been an honor to have you on this show. And it's so inspiring to share those stories that you're still making it happen at this present time. You have your own podcast, you have your website, and you're making things happen. So, ladies and gentlemen, I want to let you know, please do get in touch with Donald. If you have the travel book and you need to know certain countries and what you can experience, I'm sure with Donald's experience and knowledge, we'll later give you that upper hand to take advantage of those travel experiences. So, ladies and gentlemen, at this moment in time, I want to say thank you for listening, and we will be back again. And I want to wish you all the best, and please do look after yourself at this pandemic time we're in. But hey, travel opportunities are for us to travel. Let's use it to the best of our ability. Just like Donald had done, you can do it too. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening and we'll catch you again soon. Take care.